Welcome once again to Gavin Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. I we're am, both in our thirties. We're both, we're in, both our in our thirties. <laughs> and we spend our Friday nights talking <laughs> about monster films. Um, but at least we're we, so grown up. At least we realise <laughs> when you were fifteen, did you imagine this is how it would turn out? I, what are you going to do with your Friday nights? You know what I'm going to do every fucking Friday night? I'm going to sit on the couch and talk about what I watched on the telly this week. Well... <laughs> Charlie Rooker makes it look so easy. It's a, I know, it's, it's a fine existence. It's a fine existence and it's... Um, oh, made that all made me think of fine romance. Remember made, the old sitcom? It's made all the better uh, by my dear friend and colleague, Mr Gil Rokitansky. Hello Gil. Hello Roscoe and happy birthday again. Thank you very much. So. To, Today or yesterday, Roscoe Yesterday was uh, my thirtieth birthday, and this is our thirtieth episode yeah. of Gilman Roscoe. You fucking you timed that. So it's mad. And who would have thought that we would have ever got to thirty episodes? <laughs> who would have thought either? Always really got to thirty years. And <laughs> who would have thought people on the day that I Kirk Cobain died? I know that's sad. Um. So yeah, we've. Maintained a and also yesterday, you know, Kurt, this is we have what the anniversary of Kurt Cobain dying today. Yesterday, Manchester police added uh, like emos, goths, and punks to the list of people that it can be classed so, so to have a hate crime against. Fit and tribute. No, I I think it's a conspiracy. Right. Okay. What makes people emos, punks, and goths? Being persecuted. You know, if, you, if you're not allowed to persecute them anymore, everyone's <laughs> going to be listening to fucking One Direction. That's this a, is just another example of the Tory government undercutting the working classes I'm gonna be, and secretly taking away the stuff they hold dear. So if I'm wearing my Fallen in Reverse t-shirt, does that mean it's a hate crime? <laughs> well, I think if you wore a Fallen in Reverse t-shirt, that counts as a hate crime. A hate crime against music. Oh man, do you know what you've got to do? You've got to finish this show with Falling in Reverse now. Wait, that's copyrighted to fuck. No, you're fine, you're fine. They'll be alright. <laughs> They'll be alright, have you asked them? Uh, Ronnie's fine, he's alright. <laughs> What's his... Ronnie? Ronnie Radke. He's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. There's <laughs> all sorts of changes for you this week, isn't uh, it? I'm going through quite a, quite a hefty... T- Period of time. You finally got a coffee maker? I did get a coffee maker. That's a yes. callback. That's a callback. <laughs> I said to you, you've got no, a bachelor yes. pad, you want a coffee maker? I do, yeah, and I, uh, I've got it. You want something else to be coffee. supplying your frothy top? <laughs> yes, so. Uh huh. And h- how has your week been, Gil? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback. A secret callback. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been alright. 
went out on Saturday, which was unusual. <laughs> went to Poundland, took two pictures of animal print fleeces. Ah, did you? Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay. One of them was at a protest and one of them was outside of Poundland. Okay. So... That's the two places you're most likely to see them. Yeah, so we, sh- we shan't dwell on it, but we were both at the uh, Bedroom Tax demo in Glasgow. Uh, protest against that that's currently being pushed through. Yeah. The um, government are saying you're not allowed to use tax in your bedroom walls to put up <laughs> posters. <laughs> so yeah, we were, were protesting that. Um, Political. <laughs> we young members of the new elite. <laughs> <laughs> that's a future um, leaders of the, the country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my yeah, god. I know. That'd be worse than what we've got now. I know. Can you imagine that? Um, if no, all, I, don't, I don't think If it all political be. decisions had to be made <laughs> just on a Friday evening on my couch. <laughs> That's pretty much how things go just now. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. Except it's over cocktails and Harvey Nicks. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yep. So, Gil, um, you went to Poundland and you bought me some lovely presents again, once again. Um, you've, you've, you've furnished me with a, a stereo, stereo headset, headset with microphone for our uh, future Skype. Uh, conversations. I did forget to good. check whether or not your uh, new laptop does actually have both uh, sockets, but that's not really an interesting. Sure it does. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not really an interesting. And we've also got Nightwatch, which is it's not uh, that not that Nightwatch. not that Nightwatch. It's the original version of Terror. Um, it's a Sedanish film um, from 1994. Um, and have you seen it? Yeah, have you seen no, this? No, I haven't watched it yet. It's only Bonadol. Um, so it's described as a nerve shredding a nerve shredding journey into the terrifying heart of darkness and the depths I've of seen Heart of Darkness. Diabolical mind. I so, think I've also seen Diabolical Mind. <laughs> <laughs> and they've made it look like hostile, the cover, haven't they? Yeah, and it has got extras as well, I think. Right. I, I think it's I think it's got a making of. So they've kind of used the cover as uh, of, yeah, of and but we've been fooled before, uh-huh. as I've said, because we thought the meat grinder would be shit. And it wasn't. And it wasn't, it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think that's on the same, that was released by the same company that did yeah. meat grinder, so I thought, fuck it, take a chance. Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. I knew you chance, were going to do that. Um, so, as yeah. everybody knows, you're a massive erasure fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been known to dabble. Um, <laughs> I've visited a few saunas in my time. Um, and always been thrown out. <laughs> it's not that kind of establishment, sir. <laughs> Be off with you. Oh uh, dear. Mark Houghton style. Um, the Twitters are going mental tonight. They are tonight. going mental tonight, yeah. Um, tweets, it's just people saying thanks. That's, that's always nice. That's nice. That's yeah, uh, Cambridge Girl and Ideal Cynic have both said thanks. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you very kindly this week, you, you ended up listening to last week's show with Thomas Hughes. Um, we're sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 a, mean. No, that was a great show. I, I really liked that one, actually. I've not heard it, it yet. Very fact-heavy. Um, was it? Very, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, was it like a fact hunt? It was like a fact hunt. Um, <laughs> say, say, say that no, I'm not quickly say three it. times. No, 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 no. No, no. Say fact hunt no. three times. I, I am quickly. one of those and I do not like... I would fact like, hunt, fact hunt, fact hunt. I would like fact hunts to be <laughs> included in the 
uh, hate crime list as well. <laughs> <laughs> then uh-huh. there would just be a list of who you couldn't, who you could hate, and it would just be like one guy. <laughs> yep. And it would be the man that compiled the list. So yeah, so this week Gil bought me very kindly uh, Sightseers, which I've been very excited to watch, and we're going to be reviewing that this week. Um, yeah. We're also going to be looking at two films I really like, which Gil probably does not like. Um, it's going to be a great week, folks. Yeah, just to cheer me up. Um, <laughs> Monster Brawl and... Um, what's the other one? Oh, Dark and Stormy Night. That That's how memorable these films are. <laughs> two of my favourite films from the last year and Gil's going to rip them to shreds. I'm not going to um, rip them to shreds. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to fry them <laughs> and then rip them and then put them on little pancakes yeah. with some hoisin sauce. Do you know what I think we should do as a as a show at some point? I think we should cover the mockbusters. The mockbusters. Yeah, the asylum pictures mockbusters. Oh, so I've seen those. So films that have been released to cash in on other films. Oh, those ones? Yeah, so oh, I think yeah, we should try like, and uh, do a Transmorphers and Yeah, yeah. Like there's, a, there's quite a few, and obviously... And The Terminators. Yeah. Um, actually, it looks quite quite interesting. Some of them, obviously, we've got... Uh, We're not doing Transmorphers. I've seen that. Abraham, and I that time back. Abraham Lincoln vs. Zombies would count as one of those. Because really? um, I really liked that. Yeah, again, that's one that... Um, most of the reviews were quite negative of it, apart from uh, Bubble Burst. <laughs> no, no, the reviews yeah, tended think. to be very he, negative about the film, but then incredibly positive about Bubble Burst. Bubble Burst won uh, two awards mm-hmm. recently uh, for uh, Scream King, oh, for uh, Abraham Lincoln vs. Zombies, yep. and for Best One Liner, which was Emancipate This. Aye, aye. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, if we've got any contact details for him, we could maybe yeah. try and try and talk to him. I don't know how. I would rather do a dedicated show with him. <laughs> and it, to be honest, I would rather do one that was specifically, and then look at the kind of the other uh, stuff separately. But yeah, I, I just kind of thought that would be quite a good idea because there's, I was thinking there's a recurring few... guest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, fuck it, recurring <laughs> guest. <laughs> That that'll that will work for all yep. of us. Yes. Sure it will. So yeah. that's cool. But um, anyway, yeah, uh so what else have you watched this week? Apart from uh, you were saying that because I was telling you last week that you looked a bit thinner mm-hmm. and you said this week everybody's just been buying you chocolate chocolate because Easter. Many eggs. Cause you, cause this is the anniversary of when Jesus was hatched. <laughs> so well, it was actually a really good chocolate yeah, eggs. That, Some, somebody had done a quite funny illustration of the Easter bunny uh, with a face hugger uh, attached. And, and then Jesus pops out? No. Nothing like that. Sorry. I was one step ahead. Right, what happens yeah, there? So it was very funny. Alright, face hugger and then an alien Easter bunny. Yeah. Alright. Uh, I thought very you were amazing. going that way. So, but yeah, don't stare at me with I'm those. I'm staring at you with those. With those eyes, eyes, the eyes that got me cast as a psychotic voice. businessman. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if we're supposed to be telling people that yet. Oh we yeah, going on about our uh, kind of cheeky cameo. I'm so excited. She wolf of the woods. I'm dead looking forward to it. 
You made me miss. I never miss. That's what I'm going to say. I'm having it written into my contract. One day it's going to be like people will be looking at it like like people now watch American Werewolf in London and go, look, there's Rick Bill playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is what our cameos will be yeah. like. So I don't know if we're allowed to mention it, but we have. But we have, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Naughty us. Um, Naughty Roscoe. <laughs> right, okay, enough of that. I have been drinking, but I can still <laughs> keep you under on a short leash. You, you, Enough. <laughs> you'd walk me on this right. so I'd okay. be closer to you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's Um Okay, so possibly have a quick break. And did you know that Jesus invented the Kinder Egg? <laughs> that's deeply offensive. <laughs> no, it's not. Why would it be deeply offensive that the only chocolate egg in the world that combines both white and dark chocolate? <laughs> would be invented by the man that just went about telling people love and peace and unity. There you go. And, with a surprise inside. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, this week I also watched The Dark Place uh, extras, extras. <laughs> on YouTube. On YouTube, because 4OD was being an utter bastard to me. Um, and that's got an amusing line about uh, carpentry being a good... Uh, a good grounding in any career that you choose to take. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very good. Um, but yeah, and then I subsequently had a in dream... In the Bible, he never builds a hut for somebody, does he? S- subsequently had a dream about Gil starting his own TV channel um, where there was a programme called The Invisible Hospital that basically involved Gil running around his neighbour's gardens wearing a lab coat and talking to himself. <laughs> Which I think might just have been a memory. Yeah. So, if anybody wants to send me a lab coat, if anybody wants to fund a pilot for that, we would be most happy. And the funding of the pilot would only require a lab coat. That is it. So, Vicky, if you're listening, Vicky Vicky Custard, uh, Robin Inns, these are all the people that we know that are are um, scientists. Sciencey. Thomas Dolby. Um, Does Thomas Dolby listen to us? No. (laughs) Science! You can tell he's been drinking, can't you? That's not even him. That's Magnus Pace. You want to do a wee bit of some buggles now? (laughs) Don't compare the buggles to Thomas Dolby. I know, of course, because Thomas Dolby. Ron, buggles. No! (laughs) Right, let's not go there. Um, Okay, we'll have a short break. We'll revisit that point later on. Okay, and we'll be back after this. Take a journey with the Phantom Eric as he explores the last 100 years of horror. 100 films to be explored, each one with the related themes, actors, and directors that made the last century of horror cinema so great. Travel the world from Germany to Scandinavia, Italy to France, North America and everywhere in between, with no stone left unturned. The zombies are locked up. The vampires are asleep, and the prowlers have slain their last group of campers for the night. So take the hand of the Phantom American Lester Reaper, as this is one time travel experience you won't want to miss. Okay guys, um, so we're back, and we're going to be discussing... I think they know that! Every week you tell them! 
Hello guys, we're not back yet. Give us a minute. You've never said that. <laughs> okay. Guess what we are not doing. Yeah, and we're going to be discussing Monster Bro, um, from 2011, uh, directed by Jesse Thomas Cook, uh, and starring some of the biggest and hottest names in wrestling. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's just not even go there. <laughs> so um, this has got uh, Jimmy Hart. Yeah, Jim, uh -huh. Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Mouth of the South. Yep. Um, who was the manager for Hulk Hogan, Brutus Barber, Beefcake, Bret Hart, Hart Foundation. Yeah, he. Jerry the King Walmart. He had some good Nobody connections. Where yeah. the fuck are they? We also have, uh, as, as Frankenstein, <laughs> the man who was Kurgan. Who's that? The guy that plays Frankenstein. Okay. He was Kurgan. Oh. See? So obscure, even you don't remember him. I don't remember anything. He was like uh, when they had like the I can't remember what they were called, but they were like fucking hillbillies right, or something okay. like that. And uh -huh. one of them was called Kurgan. Okay. Big tall guy. I That's see. the guy that plays Frankenstein. Cool. Um, and also uh, big sexy Kevin Nash. <laughs> Kevin Nash as Kevin Nash. Yeah. Who was uh, Diesel in WWE or WWF? And uh, watched the Outsiders in WCW, which led to actually WO and been the Outsiders that Kurgan was in. Outsiders was uh, Diesel and Crush. Oh no! So uh, was, uh, I could Google it. Kevin but I can't Nash be and <laughs> what's that guy's? Oh, Scott Scott Hall, mm -hmm. Razor Ramon. Um, so yeah, he plays Colonel Chambers in this. And yeah, quite a good part. And I know you've clearly didn't like this. Um, I, I, so that, I should probably say the setup before we start. Yeah, it's, you um, should you synopsize this one because my synopsis would just be, it's not got a car in it. Don't watch it. Yeah. So um, it's set in an abandoned necropolis, hillside necropolis, um, and it it's got a very very thin plot. Um, the basic it's got such a thin plot the entire script for the film was on a fucking A4 piece of paper <laughs> and they didn't even use both sides. <laughs> so we've got two commentators, two wrestlers. It's very. It's they aren't wrestling commentators. <laughs> They're both actors. That is how in depth into the wrestling they've gone. They haven't even managed to get wrestling commentators <laughs> to commentate on the wrestling. And all the way through this film, I was watching it going, Dave Foley, you have failed me. Yeah. Dave Foley from fucking Kids in the Hall. Yep. So we'll set up as set up as a pay-per-view type arrangement, um, where we've got monsters from the Creature Actually, Conference. Actually, it does work as a pay-per-view uh -huh, thing. Sure. Because I watched it on my own, mm -hmm. and I could totally imagine that if that was a pay-per-view, nobody else would have been watching it. <laughs> So, um, set up like a pay-per-view, and we've got two wrestling commentators, Buzz Chambers and Sasquatch, Sid Tucker, yep. um, and we get a bit of backstory to each. So there's the Creatures Conference and the Undead Conference. The start is a kind of middleweight uh, championship yep. route. So I think that's uh, Cyclops versus Witch Bitch, which is the first one. Yeah. Um, and then the Mummy versus... Lady Vampire, and then we get the heavyweight contest after that. So it's very much set up like a swamp. Yeah, Swamp God versus swamp the God Werewolf, life. and then Zombie Man versus Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, and the, the Zombie Man backstory was that was that was all right because uh -huh. it had a bit so of for, a for each, back. 
for each episode we we get for each fighter we get a backstory and we get yeah. a full um uh kind of short show reel of them being initially contacted to be involved in Monster Brawl or them initially some kind of backstory. Um and then we It's like a Tekken yeah. cutscene. Yeah, okay. Like Tekken or uh, Mortal Kombat cutscene. It's probably as much, it's probably as close to Mortal Kombat and, and Tekken as, as to wrestling, really. Yeah, because you've got Lance Henriksen as like, the, the yeah. kind of voice of God thing, yeah. who like occasionally says, SUPERB! about a, a move that somebody's done, uh-huh. and things like that, and yeah. he announces the... He also does a bit of narration as well. Yeah, at the start, uh-huh. but he also does like the, the Frankenstein wins. Yeah, absolutely. Type and thing, but a head crush. Yeah, absolutely. And all that yep. nonsense. So, um, um, Jimmy Hart is in it, obviously. Jimmy Hart is uh, playing Jimmy Hart, um, and he enters in quite an interesting way. He's, Does he? Does he? Have you heard that about him? Oh, yeah, that, yes. Something that you already <laughs> It's quite know. a unique uh, style. See, I was, when I was watching this last night, I was thinking, uh-huh. why is this... Is, one of his favourite films from the last year, and then it hit me. Blonde Ring Girl. <laughs> brunette Ring Girl. <laughs> Which do you think I like the best? Brunette. You're correct. You're quite <laughs> correct. So that's that's neither here nor there. I really I thought this was great fun and she's a three time Playboy cover model. Is that correct? Yep. Wow. That's really cool. I checked um, them out because I thought if they're in this they must be in porn. <laughs> well, not. Jimmy Hart during his uh, during the uh, the kind of extras we get to see the, in the extras there's a, a, a special feature called Tales from the Heart Jimmy Hart outtakes and it's not actually. Well, you wanted me to watch tonight. Yeah, you brought, you brought the cover round and I left forgot the DVD, to bring the DVD. Um, because I'd been just recently watching it again because that that's the third time I've watched it since I bought it so. I thought you were going to say because you been just recently drinking. Ah, no. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy Hart is in it and he makes a comment along the lines of, uh, well, this this microphone, we used it at WrestleMania 3 and you know we were losing, just like your career to the girls and stuff. <laughs> just like where your career's at just now, girls and stuff. It's, um, He's very good, and he comes across very, very well in the the extras, Jimmy Hart. Because but not he, in the film. I enjoyed he, the I, film. I thought he was, on, I I thought he was poorly used in the film. Yeah, perhaps. But I, think I, I said to you earlier that was because uh, people might not know Jimmy Hart, but he always uh, used a megaphone. Sure. And the megaphone on the inside of it was painted so that it looked like teeth. So yeah. it was a massive mouth. And when he was in the WWF, they would always shoot it from the front. True, pretty much so that it looked like it was just him shouting out and never really used mouth. Yeah. and in this film you don't get a face on shot it's, it's always pretty much just yeah. like him standing holding a megaphone uh-huh. and it wasn't until about halfway through that I realised it had the teeth yeah. on the inside the ro- like, oh, what? they've not used that uh-huh. His one fucking gimmick. They've used the, the, that as the actual megaphone that he's used. Yeah, they've used his. So, yeah. They've used his like one major mm-hmm. gimmick. Sure. And then they've not realised yeah. how it was used. Um. Yeah, but I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed a lot of it, but I would. Agree Can we talk with about the fights? <laughs> we'll talk about Before the fights. Before that, there. just the there's a, a rather 
kind of awkward back where it's the the uh, creator of Monster Brawl supposedly. I don't know if that is actually the director. That's probably the most awkward bit in the film and that's probably a part where it's a kind of sat down interview with Jimmy Hart yeah. um, in the centre of the ring. That's the only bit that I would say that that I was kind of urging it on to kind of just like, okay, come on, yeah. come on now. You're going to be losing the... people here kind of thing. And um, I wanted this film to succeed so badly. I got that's... to the point where I thought, oh, this must be nearly finished. And I, I just clicked up the thing to see how much time I had oh. left. I was 49 minutes into it with 39 uh-huh. minutes remaining. Uh-huh. And my heart sank. Oh, man. <laughs> like a lead weight uh-huh. that had been covered in some more lead <laughs> and then dropped on a kitten's head. Do you know I just get such a kick at this film and I really enjoyed it. it just, Did you like the fights? I loved the fights. I really enjoyed um, the, the special moves and the the kind of different gimmicks that they used and particularly enjoyed Herb Dean. Um, See, I tried, scene. I tried to find a really good review mm-hmm. of this film and I gave up after reading about 15 reviews where they all said that they, they thought... The, the idea was uh-huh. like, because if you'd said to me there's like a, a wrestling contest uh-huh. or it's basically a Tekken tag tournament mm-hmm. with a fucking Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Swamp Thing, I would be like, yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. But every person that I saw reviewing this basically was saying the prosthetics. Mm-hmm just seem to be holding them back and all the moves are just so kind of poorly done it's not like because when i want to watch good wrestling i want to watch like i'm not going to insinuate that wrestling is fake here Mm -hmm. or that two people go out into a ring Mm -hmm. and they know who's going to win and they've determined that certain really impressive things will happen yeah and it'll be long and drawn out and it'll mm-hmm. look fucking superb and there'll be a bit of drama. But that is but the, that is that. That's, but it's uh-huh. not because there's uh what, six fights in this? Uh huh, sure. And it's not even an hour and a half long. Sure. You know, you say to a wrestling fan, you wanna watch six wrestling fights uh-huh. that an are, hour and a half. Where it's oh, an sure, hour and a half sure. they go like, No. You know, if if they had taken out half of the characters, if sure. they had see if they had gone for like universal monsters, basically plus swamp thing. Mm-hmm that could have been good mm-hmm. and just had longer fights where because they've got every everybody that plays a monster in this is a wrestler mm-hmm. yeah that's right and they're not wrestling they're doing a choreographed thing that's totally scripted mm-hmm. and you can see that because you get to points where it's like oh yeah like 15 punches to the oh. gut from frankenstein and you're like well Mm-hmm. No, what you do is, instead of having two Canadian actors pretending to be commentators, mm-hmm. you just have some people that are in decent enough uh-huh. prosthetics, but which they can still fight in, uh-huh. and they fight, and you've got a couple of real commentators yeah. who commentate. Again, again, as much as I agree with you, it's, there's only so much that you can do with a certain budget and I think they've done very well with the budget that they had. I, I don't even know what, what I don't know what the budget was, have. but I know that it was low. But you, you still think they did well. See, I, I think that... Well, do you want to go and look it up and say, well, it was no, a million, well, it was a million I, dollars, so 
the dead oh, whale. Even, even if it was a million dollars, I think that it's it just it didn't work for me because the things that were meant to really impress me were the fights, uh-huh, sure. and the fights I just felt just didn't work uh-huh. as wrestling. Okay. You know, it's uh-huh. which is odd because you really like wrestling. I haven't watched it in years. Yeah, probably. Sure. I don't really. And I mean, I I would say that I watch wrestling probably more than most. Yeah, um, you you stay up to watch. Yeah, wrestling I do, and that's probably on a school night. As you say, that's the only time that you'd ever really catch me up at any any point. Is uh, when the wrestling. This on, movie yeah. was made for two hundred thousand Canadian dollars. Um. I get a hell of a kick out of it. I really enjoyed it and I get a lot of fun at it. Yeah. Okay, Swamp Got was pretty crap. But that yeah. was Swamp Got was the one that most people actually liked the best out of the, the prosthetics and the people on, on the I thought it had the, the back stories. Yeah. I sure. thought that Swamp Got had Some the best bits of it looked great, some bits of the Swamp Got Swamp Got scenes looked great. Um, I really liked Frankenstein, I liked his manager, whatever his name was. Uh, Dr. Um, Igora. Yeah, I mean there were problems with it certainly, I didn't really care for Witch Bitch, I thought it could have been done better. Um, I thought that the name Witch Bitch just kind of let the whole character bitch. down. Aye, it, did, it, was, it, it was just like, alright, so it's kind of witch and fold, no, a wee bit, but yeah. no, I, think, I think they've done a great job with it. No, I mean you can pick this up on Amazon for three quid, it's on Netflix for free. Um, I get such a kick out of this film and I would really encourage anybody that's, that's interested in monsters and maybe would like to see monsters fighting to get a look at it because it's it's cool. It's, it's, well, it's one a of, good laugh and it's one uh, of the reviews that I read turn your brain made. off turn your brain off and just watch it and it's Well that fun. that's that's what one of the reviewers yeah. that I read said was that this isn't a film to sit and watch on your own. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a film to get a couple of friends uh-huh. around and have some beers and not even really pay attention to the film, but occasionally turn around uh-huh. and see. I mean, the story is see some fighting and stuff. Thread, it's, thread bear at best at times. It makes the, I mean, the Mortal Kombat film look fucking awesome. They do try to set up. Um, no, it doesn't. But they do, <laughs> they do try to set up a wee bit of um, like uh, saying. That the fate of the world is determined by monsters, but they don't actually really go into any they detail don't about that. that. No, and all. I'm glad they did. Yeah. I'm glad they did, they, but I, it's. Uh, I just. But somebody said they'd seen it at a at a wrestling show where it was being shown in a big screen sure. in a bar, uh-huh. and like occasionally people would be turning around and watching it, enjoying it, and laughing. You know, I yeah. think that maybe that's the downfall of this film is yeah. that it's a. It's a social film, mm-hmm. but if you try and sit and watch it on your own, going like, oh, I'm really going to enjoy this, then I think you'll be in for a disappointment. I watched it on one, I really dug it. I watched it uh, during the week as well, in company, and, and I enjoyed it. Just ah, you watched it in company, yeah. see? You watched it during the week. Yeah, but company. I watched it before, and my, my initial viewing of it was alone, and I thought it was great. Um, and I really enjoy that. I love these characters, and I love. Oh, you look so disappointed. It's, yeah, I'm a wee bit disappointed. It's like I'm just shouting the Andrews puppy. Not. But yeah, I, I, I don't understand why nobody has went to the bother making a fighting game with, uh, with these characters because I think. Well, you see, that that was what I ended up kind of drifting and up drifting off like during yeah. this film, thinking it would be really good if there was like, yeah, a, a Mortal Kombat where you could go yeah. Dracula and everything with these yeah. special moves and everything. But 
Obviously the research was poor because one of the special moves for the Wolfman mm -hmm. was Wolfsbane. Which uh -huh. of course is... Uh, there was lots of bits like that. Actually not. Just like, but like, what I will say uh -huh. is that... Now I don't know because I noticed that you hadn't, you hadn't clicked like or anything on mm -hmm. the link today on the Facebooks, uh -huh. but there is a film coming out this year called Pro Wrestlers yeah, vs Zombies. I actually just saw this because I was leaving the house. The, the list is uh -huh. Rowdy Roddy Piper, oh, cool. Matt Hardy, wow. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Kurt Angle, Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas, I don't know Shane Douglas. He's the... Uh, it's not... It, it was like a, he's the something... Right, okay. No, it was like... Uh-huh, uh, that's okay. Uh-huh. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, there's just there's just a big list of wrestlers. Wrestlers that are involved. Uh-huh. I'm just really annoyed that I can't remember what Shane Douglas... That's okay, that's name right. was. Um, the franchise. The franchise. That was a, that was right, thing. Okay. I was sitting there thinking, fucking Pizza Hut, what do you call it when you buy one? Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, th this is a film that's coming out that's got a bunch of actual recognisable names. Sure. Uh-huh. You know, the the trailer for it <coughs> looks like it's uh, lower budget, mm -hmm. like as far as quality, because mm -hmm. all of uh, Monster Brawl's quite clean. Yeah, that's very clean. You know, it's, I was watching it in Super HD. Aye, but as you say, it's, it's made for shit old money as well, so I think... No, you said it was made for shit old money. I, I, I still think... Two hundred thousands a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You know, I, I, I think that uh -huh. you could you could cut people in on a deal because you would know in advance that that film would sell. Mm -hmm. You know, on Netflix, Nude Guns with Big Guns with was a uh, number two mm -hmm. for a week sure. in the Netflix chart. Uh -huh. So it'll have it'll have made quite a bit of its back end. Sure. Which is not a euphemism. Mm hmm through uh, Netflix right, and stuff like that. So I, I think that, that maybe if you had an interesting enough concept and it was going to be executed well, then yep. you could get some of these names involved because uh -huh. they would basically just be along to do one day's work uh -huh. that gets filmed and then gets edited together in a film. I don't think $200,000 is a lot of money in, in terms of movie making. It's, it's not... Well, Let's know, uh, Splat Hills. It's um, Final Day was made for ten thousand dollars. That's correct. That's correct. It's twenty Final Days. Yeah, you're quite correct. But most films aren't Father's Day. Most low budget films aren't Father's Day, and most low budget films are made. Yeah. Uh, for a, for approximately. But I, I, yeah. I still think that oh, good, this film a has, a, has a good, good idea uh -huh. behind it, but it's just the execution because. I mean, see if they'd had a really good script and backstory and everything, uh -huh. they could probably have taken this idea to WWE mm -hmm. and it wouldn't have been made for $200,000. Mm -hmm. You know, and it would have had proper commentators and it would have had names. Yeah. And it would have sold. Because WWE makes some fucking god-awful films. Uh-huh, that's correct. We've all seen them, we've all gone like, oh, I'll check this one uh -huh. out. And it's, it's like... I'm, I have to say I really like the commentators. I don't think like if you had Jim Ross it would have been any any better. I really enjoyed it. The I way thought that of the two commentators, Dave Foley, uh -huh. was the better of the two. Uh huh. 
I just I enjoyed it. I th I thought I thoroughly enjoyed it from from start to finish. It does have a very clean look, as you point out. Um, yeah. It reminded Whereas me. Whereas the trailer for this new one uh -huh. doesn't. Uh huh. It reminded me in a lot of ways of um, the the short feature that was recently put out, the United Monsters Talent Agency. Oh yeah. Something like that. Um, we saw it a wee while ago, where it was basically people showing off their special effects skills with a very, very threadbare uh, yeah. plot. And I thought there was a lot to be said for this film in that regard. Um, the, the effects part was very good. and the um, There was a good uh, was a lot of, zombie a lot head of, stomp. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff and I really enjoyed it. So, hey. So it's a mixed, it's a yeah. mixed bag. Pardon me. Very cheap. I would say very cheap on Amazon, free on Netflix. If you're a wrestling fan, yeah. check it out. If you're not a wrestling fan, if you're a monster check it fan, out. I would say. If you're a monster fan, check it out. And hey, you don't have to watch it. It's all. going to polarize people. I think it's the kind of I film. That, I think that it's the it polarized film. us. Yeah, and I think you it's weren't kind of, expecting it to. I think it's the kind of film you either love or hate, and um, it's got no story. So, it has no story. no story. And maybe that's where it fell down for me. I quite like story. I quite like story, but just <laughs> sometimes... I wasn't saying you don't. Sometimes I you just need to switch your brain off and just go, monsters fighting. Yeah, but, awesome. people, but people say that Die Hard's enjoyable if you just switch your brain off. But it's not. But it's got a lot of story. Yeah. <laughs> Okie doke. Um, so we'll have a quick break and we'll be back to discuss... Um, what was the other film? Oh, Dark Story Night. Okay. You cool. keep forgetting about it. Yeah, I really like that. How complimentary are you going to be about this? Oh, fuck. wine everywhere. Do you like horror podcasts that are family friendly, with boring hosts with bad opinions, that like to perform circle jerks on each other every episode? If you do, you're in luck. There are plenty of other podcasts and other network of podcasts out there that you can listen to. But if you like to have fun, and realize that the horror genre is based on this, and you want to listen to entertaining hosts each and every show talk about not only popular horror movies, but also foreign, indie horror, and rare obscure gems, then look no further than Horrorphilia.com and our Horrorphilia network of podcasts. We currently host nine radically different podcasts, with many more to come. I guarantee you we have something for every horror fan out there. Well, unless you're one of these people that get easily offended, don't like to try something new, or just some type of pompous douchebag. In that case, we don't want you listening anyways. For everyone else, come on down to Horophilia and prepare to have multiple eargasms each and every week. Horophilia, the sashimi of horror podcasting. Alright, so, sorry, as you were saying, like, just before we, before we got on to the next film, because we're on a nice wee discussion there, I think people would have enjoyed, you know, because we were talking about the fact that... taking advantage of TV? Um, no, when you were... No, I like the fact that, that you, Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky, watch basically two television channels because they make you angry. <laughs> That's right. I watch I watch Scuzz TV. Which is, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, it's a like, UK kind of metal uh -huh. shit uh -huh. music channel. So I watch... I watch it's really cheap. Yeah, I watch Scuzz TV and I watch God TV. They're the only two channels I watch, and both of them make me angry for different reasons. So it's. Uh... <laughs> See, I saw like 20 minutes of God TV years, I was just thinking, my God, people actually watch. People pay huge amounts of money to these and they, people as well. Yeah. 
because they tell you that they can, that your problems are going to be solved if you pay money into their <laughs> accounts. It's absolutely especially if your problem is I have too much money in my bank. Absolutely, <laughs> well, it's disgusting actually. The, the charity project is me your money. Yeah. The suicidal tendencies. So anyway, so yeah, absolutely. So yeah, coming up the green in the picture is the great Alex Chilton said. <laughs> Guantanamerica. That's a great one. Who was it signed Guantanamerica? Don't know. Can't remember. Gonna make a pledge to the TV preacher. Hope and pray that I get rich. I'll turn up the green in the picture. Taking on a swig of this hard liquor. Alex Chilton. The greatest. Well, I quite like the lyrics for the suicidal tendencies one yep. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we dig, uh, we dig terrible music. Yeah. Um, so hey, there's nothing um, wrong with suicidal tendencies. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Alex Chilton. There's, Not that there's anything any. wrong with that. Same thing. Yeah. So, um, you've been watching something. <laughs> yes. Um, so hey, I just watched the History Channel because I don't like history, and fortunately, the History Channel is code. For none of these programs actually talk about history. I was about. <laughs> it's, it's like the History Channel produced um, the one where the Bible. The History Channel produced a do- a five-part uh, miniseries called the Bible, <laughs> right? And uh, I know some people that listen to this will also watch the Colbert Report mm-hmm. and will have uh, already found out this information. But the History Channel also brought out a tie-in book mm-hmm. and on it it says the book based on the miniseries the bible there you go you know surely there was already one <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, cut that out that's just that a, really annoying last week oh it's just you that hates the beeps i hate the beeps <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like I was being racist and then it was, was cancelled. That was cut out. <laughs> I hate the bleeping bleeps. I finally bleeps. did it. The yeah. bleeps, they come bleeping bleep and bleeper bleeps. You watched them, um, I watched one called Life After People that was from the History Channel. Um, my friend Which obviously isn't TV. history. It's certainly not history. You know, the History Channel cannot have a programme about after people. It's like... Uh, made by people. It's like I Am Legend with shit CGI. So it'd be like I Am Legend. Uh huh. I really didn't like I Am Legend. I really didn't mind I Am Legend, apart from the vampires. Oh, you mean apart from the vampires? They are vampires in the book. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying that was the only bit I didn't like. Oh well, in uh, the very poor. The more recent I Am Legend are not even really portrayed as vampires. They're more just kind of just the way they were. I didn't really like them. Did you like the noises they made though? I don't remember. I just didn't like the look of them with the CGI. Damn it! I was hoping you were going to say, yeah, they were kind of spooky. Because then I would have gone, that was my pattern. So they had um, another mockbuster is called I Am Omega. And that would be Cash and on yep. that. So, yeah. We thought we should do that. Somebody should just make a proper version of I Am Legend. You know, it's not that fucking difficult. Big Willie style. <laughs> See, why did they get Will Smith? I like Will Smith. I'm legend, like I know. watching Finding Nemo and stuff like that. I really like Will Smith. They were Hancock. They were. I really liked Hancock, but I am legend. I thought could just go fuck itself. I, mean, I thought he was alright in that. I quite like the. Oh, oh come on! You thought you. 
And in that film, uh-huh. he's kind of he's wandering about with a bit of a swagger. Yeah, French and ghost then, at one, but I like French and then ghost. He's, yeah, but um, then he's like going home and he's like trying to find the fucking cure. Do you know like the... And it would be like, you can't be finding a cure when you're like walking about with a swagger. Do you like the... Uh, Vincent Price? Price one? I really like that. It's my favourite version of it's it. It's a good one, it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, they... All the versions of Did I we Legends. actually talk about that? Like no. The colorized version that I'd watched recently. Uh, you mentioned that you yeah. watched that, but I haven't seen the colorized version. Okay, one. I mean, bats of it are great with the color, but most of it's just pointless. See, the old the main film, the way it is. That's the thing. But the problem it's got is the end. Oh. They mess up the end. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the Will Smith yeah, one, yeah. they just mess up all the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and as much as I. I've not seen the Charlton Heston one. As, as hard as I have tried, I have not been able to create a fan edit where you believably have Vincent Price <laughs> morphing into Will Smith. It just yeah. hasn't worked. Yeah, so there we go. So, um, Dark and Stormy Night. Yeah, we're um, going to synopsize yeah, Dark and Stormy Night. It's fucking can annoying. It for me? Because I can just see that you you just didn't dig this at all, but I thought it was absolutely great again. So this is... Uh, Dark and Stormy Night from 2009, uh, directed by Larry Blamire, um, and uh, it's got an uh, ensemble cast of uh, interesting characters who previously run, uh, previously had made The Lost Skeleton of Cadaver. Um, well, not the characters, but the cast. The cast, sorry, yeah. I uh, had, had previously made that film, and another one that I don't remember the name of. I've not actually seen any of those films, but um, I know that they were involved uh, in that. Um, so, in the tradition of... Trail of the Screaming Forehead. Ah, Trail of the Screaming Forehead. And there was another Lost Skeleton of uh, Cadaver um, film as well. That was uh, Return of the Skeleton. Uh-huh. Great, thank you, well done. And there's another one that's come, that's in the process of being made just now. Um, that I don't know the name of. Um but yeah, it's in the tradition of the old Dark House movies, so uh, the Cat Creeps, Cat and the Canary, um, Old Dark House itself. Um, Animal Crackers, <laughs> Duck Soup. <laughs> so in, in, the, in the style of these, uh, these films, it's a tribute to that type of film where you get these insanely strange characters all flung together on a dark and stormy night. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, what, so my face is getting red. Yeah, red. So <laughs> red. Uh, it's not intentional. Again, in the style of the cat and the canary and the cat creeps, it's the reading of a will, um, and people are turning up on the night uh, where the reading the the reading of Sinus Cavender's will um, is taking place, um, and we're introduced to a number of characters. So we've got eight o'clock Faraday, who's our reporter, who's turning up. Billy Tuesday. Uh huh. Who's turning up to cover the, the the story? Then we've also got Billy Tuesday, who's the female counterpart, who's trying to get in on the scoop. Not um, even so much counterpart, but I'll get on to that. Okay. Um, taxi driver Happy Codburn, uh, Burling Famish Junior, who's the owner of the house that the that it's taking place. Well, in. he's the current resident. Yeah, of current the house. resident. Rather sorry, um, and his wife Presty Famish. So. Um, yeah, so... Teak and Brewster. Teak? Who was Teak again? Uh, oh, that was the guy who was the... 
he was the I think his wet Presty was cheating on yeah a uh, burling with with Teak um, in the overly long plot yeah I mean it's th- that's the point though I mean the the idea is that we've got all these characters being thrust in for no reason whatsoever yeah. that would be okay so so first you you yeah, you, you say why you. Uh, you, okay, yeah, you, sorry, I should, really should explain that it is a black and white, uh, a, a modern film, it's from 2009, um, it's filmed completely in black and white and uses... In, in high definition. Yeah, and uses a very similar style to to that type of film. So it's a, a high definition, so, colourised film that's then been turned into black and white. So is a high definition a problem for you? It is when it's right. uh, meant to be harking okay. back to these films of the 30s and 40s okay. where when you look at them they're slightly whited out mm-hmm. and that's part of it. You know what sort of film you're watching uh-huh, sure. when you can see like what what stock it mm-hmm. was filmed on. Mm-hmm. So when you've got HD and mm-hmm. you can almost read the titles and the books on the bookshelf uh-huh. behind them, that just kind of... That, yeah, that threw I, I that off know, for me. Just, for me, it's kind of. I sick. almost recolorized one scene uh-huh. of the film for you just to just to age it a little bit more, but ran out of time because yeah. I had to go to the shops. You can actually watch the film. How's that for a show? You can watch the film. I had to go to the shops. You can watch the film in black and white or, or colour. Um, so it's the idea is that it's presented in black and white. I take it you. I watched it in black and white. You watched it in black and white, um, but it's it's supposed to be a spoof of these things and a a, a tribute to those things. And I'm, I certainly wasn't put off by the HD uh, transfer or anything like that. I very much enjoyed it. Um, but just a a huge cast of characters. We've got uh, guys like Jeans, who's like a kind of Jeeves type character. Yeah. Uh, um, we've got a kind of mad maid called Jane, I think, um, and we've got a... We have quite possibly one of the most loathsome characters in all of cinema Who's that, Thessaly. Who's that? I don't remember. That's, uh, that's the woman with a broad Scottish accent who keeps calling people things like, <laughs> look at you, you silly pudding full of sausages. Yep. And I, I was just uh-huh. thinking... Somebody just Thre- throw a thing. fucking piano on Just her. loads of characters keep turning up, and it's the whole point of having loads of characters is to 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 mock that original. Uh, I I don't know if it was because you see, have you watched a lot of Marx Brothers films? I haven't. No. Right, see, you were watching this as like a tribute to these thirties, forties, like just classic films. Oh, sure. When I was watching this, twenties, thirties, forties. All I was seeing was that somebody was trying to do a Marx Brothers Mm -hmm. one of these films because a lot of the characters did fit perfectly. And uh, eight o'clock, eight o'clock Faraday Mm -hmm. and Billy Tuesday, they have a lot of the the kind of throwaway lines that's supposed to be Uh banter. I think one of them was, are you a relative? Uh, I'm not and neither is he. And mm-hmm. that that didn't work because then he follows up with, I'm not either but neither is she. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And mm-hmm. both of them are saying, no, I'm not a relative and neither is that person. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas if that had been done by the Marx Brothers, uh-huh. it would have been. I you, am, but he's not. Do you know I quite enjoyed? Kind of, I quite enjoyed their their back and forths, and I believe that's actually the director's wife. I might be wrong. Um, that that was eight o'clock Tuesday. Um, uh, Billy Tuesday. Billy Tuesday, Billy sorry, Tuesday. eight o'clock Friday, Friday, yeah, Tuesday. Billy Tuesday. So I, I actually really liked that, and they've they rehearsed together for quite a while to, to get to that stage. Um, I really stage. That. That's a very important word in this right, film, because okay. I think that this film, uh, before it ever made it to film, mm-hmm. should have been done for at least six months every night with that cast on a stage to see what worked. Because a lot no, because a lot of the lines uh-huh. are designed like uh-huh. uh, like Marx Brothers films, because the Marx Brothers came out of vaudeville, ah, sure. and a lot of the script is mm-hmm. very similar to the stuff that the Marx Brothers would sure. do. But because they came out of vaudeville, they knew what would work, and they would actually be they would be trying to make the rest of the cast and the camera crew mm-hmm. laugh yep, when they sure. were filming. Because they would basically just get an ensemble cast, uh-huh. rehearse the shit out of the thing, mm-hmm. and then film it. Yep. Whereas in this, what you've got is an ensemble cast who have rehearsed the shit out of it and not put any effort into trying to make people laugh. Okay, I mean, it's like sure. they don't, they don't have that background, and sure. they're all trying. You can see like they're they're intentionally not being thrown off by each other. Yeah. And that is. Uh-huh. That is the magic that this film is completely and utterly missing. Right. Look, okay. see, there's the police ah. outside on their way to go ah. and arrest the man that made this film. Because it was just... He he was putting two homages together to things that I really like. Mm-hmm. And the... I, I hate to like, just keep going Marx Brothers, Marx Brothers, Marx mm-hmm. Brothers, but he's obviously very influenced by them. Ah, uh-huh, sure. Like, uh, I think Animal Crackers is probably uh-huh. one of my, my favourite Marx Brothers yep. films because it, it's got uh, just some fantastic lines, like uh, his whole Captain Spaulding story about being in Africa. Sure. Uh-huh. I, I woke up one morning and shot an elephant in my pyjamas. Yep. How he got in my pyjamas, I'll never know. Ah, uh-huh. so that's... Uh, we took some photographs of the local girls, but they weren't developed, so we're going to go back in six months' time and see if they are. Yes, that's... You know, uh, and this the was the 1920s. Jack, Jack Hugden character. Yeah, yeah sure. but I, I didn't think that he put those lines across, yeah. probably, because I'm not putting the lines across, probably. Mm-hmm. When you watch somebody that has that has learned... Somebody that knows how to make people laugh and mm. is trying to make people laugh. And when you watch a Marx Brothers film, they are trying to make... Mm-hmm. Everybody that's on that stage laugh, mm-hmm. and there are bits where they they keep in outtakes, mm-hmm. like uh, one person accidentally introduces himself to Groucho Marx as Captain Spaulding. Right, right. And instead of that being cut, mm-hmm. it's we keep that in, and mm-hmm. there's a little interplay, and it's it is beautiful. It's like poetry, and that's Did you actually what watch the. Missing. You watched the flying saucers over Hollywood thing that you were saying. I haven't watching? watched it yet because I started playing L.A. Noir. Because it was quite which was, it was kind of over. It was quite an interesting bit where Sam Raimi and I think another member of the crew or one of the writers on a I think it was the Evil Dead series or Army of Darkness series. Yep. Um, do they act out Tall Johnson's appearance on? <laughs> uh, 
on one of the Marx Marx Brothers, and they do the whole skit between yeah. the two of them. Um, I don't, who would it be that would that would Marx Brothers would it be? Would uh, well, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Could be, uh, but it's like a kind of question. It would either be Groucho Harpo or Zeppo. Yeah, I think I think it was Groucho, and it's like a kind of Chico didn't back really and appear much. back and forth between the two, um, and it's really good. So it's worth checking out. It's all these one-liners uh, back and forth. Well, that's that's what this film is full of. Because you said to me that this film is uh, ultimately quotable, uh-huh. and I think it would be ultimately quotable if. It had been delivered in the way that I was expecting. Sure. Because with the the house that the ah oh, fuck ah oh, don't worry about it you spilled an ashtray. Okay. The house that they pull up to is mm-hmm. a model. Yep. And it's made to look like an obvious model. You're uh-huh. a bit tipsy, young man. I just fell over. Just fell over. <laughs> I just do. But the house that they pull up to is uh-huh. an obvious model. Yep. And it's it's made to look like dark place. Yet yeah. Again being mentioned but that's yeah what it was like but in the 30s and 40s they they made more of an effort mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to make things look and also like vaseline on the lens not mm-hmm. having it mm-hmm. hd having it that little bit blurry uh-huh, or a bit sure. of fog or whatever and it was all these it's like i, I, I could imagine honest, I, my my disbelief was completely suspended and if i didn't know that it was a model i wouldn't have even thought about it i'll be honest my my kind of the way that I look at things, and I know that the the introduction of the car, um, I certainly would never have thought that was a model. I, I thought that was an obvious model. Not at all. But I I, I thought I that think it if was you're a... if you're looking at a film, looking to pick it apart, and going in with a negative attitude, then that's probably what you're going to think. But find. it wasn't because I, I was really looking forward to mm. watching it because you'd said how great it was, and there were some bits where I was thinking there's there's like real promise there and there were bits where it seemed like the script was written to be mm-hmm. for them playing to an audience uh-huh. or to be playing even to an imaginary audience mm-hmm. but yeah. the the actors don't yeah you know there's a bit where a gorilla just suddenly appears yeah and it was Cause that it, was Bob Burns that was actually Bob Burns that, that was playing the gorilla um, which is quite quite good fun. Um, but it, it just it just didn't do anything because it was like, well, what's that? It's a gorilla. Yeah. You know the because they had a they had a quite funny joke at the start that that would have worked if it had been played well and uh-huh. continued, which was the guy that kept forgetting ah. what okay. uh-huh. he just spilt wine on your willy. I did. Um, <laughs> the guy that would keep forgetting what the names of things were. You know, so I that thought was that was quite that funny. Was tea, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That uh-huh. was that was good. Uh huh. But then they there were some bits where they just kept overplaying it and you're yeah. thinking, like they, they repeat too many lines. See, isn't where, the night where isn't this the night where Sinus Cavender said he'd return from the grave and various things like that. So yeah, and then see yeah, no, but the not that, but yeah. No, I mean like uh when he's behind the curtain. Mm. Going, I I heard all things that that, and she's got my husband. Your husband said <laughs> about the the reading of the thing that you get when someone dies. Yeah, uh-huh. and the will, and it's like, yeah, that would have worked. But the thing is, like everybody that they're 
doing these lines mm. to so over rehearsed that they're stony faced. Sure, right. Okay. And at no point is anybody throwing in any little light improvisations. Okay. Which is like this is as far as I was concerned, it was a combination between like the sort of films that you were watching it as a homage to. Yeah, absolutely. And but also there's a very, very heavy nod towards vaudeville. Yeah, sure. But the, the nod to vaudeville was the thing that dragged it down for okay, me because sure. it just... The vaudeville stuff relied on the repetition. Uh-huh. And it was the repetition of stuff not being treated correctly that made me go, this should be on the stage. Yeah. You know, I think this would be thoroughly entertaining to watch on a stage yeah. with the right cast who... Because uh-huh. I didn't feel that the cast tried to embody the characters. They tried to embody the lines. I totally disagree. I thought the cast were absolutely great in this. <laughs> I really did. I know, uh, but isn't it fun to disagree? Yeah. We're not having like, dis- a good discussion. I don't to disagree. Going, like, what the fuck? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I loved like, the No Carol character. Um, I loved James Caron's character. Because I recognised all these, all these people from other films that I've seen. I, I, I like the fact that Sebastian, the, the girl who was doing the, who was being a faint English. I was just practicing so screaming. She is, and she stuff is English. Like oh, but you know what I mean. Like she yeah. was, she was doing the the English, um, what was type? Who was the character. dead guy? The dead guy. Like, fucking giddy, giddy. Gunny, no. gunny, 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 what? gunny, 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 who yeah. was the spirit guide? But he, um, he's played by the guy who used to voice one of the characters in Top Cat. Right, right. So, um, I she was saying about shooing tiny mice. Each room has its personality, yeah. like a puppy, a large, square, empty puppy with corns. <laughs> See, that didn't work for me because it was like maybe it's maybe it's the uh, oh, what's what's his name the the monkey guy. I don't know. The, oh, the, Bob Bonds, right? No, no, oh, he what? was a gorilla. No, I mean like the the fucking the improvisational comedian that his improvisations just always end up being about monkeys. Oh, the big monkey, uh, Ro- Ross Ro- Noble. Ross Noble, yeah. That's <laughs> that's what it was like. Like they would half her walk into a room and go, "I'm just." And you know, man, I'm just. just I'm just shooting, shooting them. Imagine invisible monkeys. monkeys. <laughs> That's what it was like. Yeah. It was like they would just send her in to be a little bit weird. I really liked her. And I, I didn't and I like it. Gunny Gunny What Cakes was great. I thought that was so fun. Um, but I I yeah. just I I thought that uh, the the Scottish character uh-huh. made uh, <laughs> that, played played by Susan McConnell. Who yep. may or may not be Scottish. It's quite a Scottish name. But uh, she's only ever been in his films. Right. So probably what not. The, what but the, I, uh, I thought that, that she made Bo Ramsdale's impression of us yep. sound like uh, yeah, Olivia very, very, doing fucking yeah. Hamlet. <laughs> um, and also the cook, which is really good and a really nice uh, red herring. Um, the cook who was... Who was I thought it was too obvious red things. herrings. It was deliberately a red herring. It was great fun. Yeah, I... I, I thought that they they put some good stuff in there, uh-huh. but like the first time the lights go out, uh-huh. or oh, what's happened, the lights have gone out, that gets repeated like five times. Uh-huh. Because that is exactly what happens in Cat Creeps and... 
Yeah, but, the but no, but uh, no, I mean the like creepy uh, hand coming out. Yeah, but I mean like the person saying what happened and somebody saying to them, the lights have gone. Ah, I know. Okay. Oh, would sure. you be? Oh, the lights have gone. Out. You know that gets repeated like five times. So these are all yep. things that are waiting for an audience to laugh at. Yeah. So the director was Ray Vestenhouse, played Ray Vestenhouse in this. Right. Barry Blumer, um, and I, I quite liked the Ray character um, because they they did quite kind of there's a few kind of side side swipes. Um, with that character, which I thought was really good. Do you know um, that the where they pretended that he was dying or that he was dead, and yeah. he was just a wooden actor. <laughs> I, that was uh, that was the last thing I was going to say about this film was uh, Michael McKean's character of the butler in Clue. Uh huh. That's that's what he does. Ah oh, right, okay. At the end of Clue, which is like a film version of Cluedo. Yeah. I've uh, seen I've seen Clue well, Mike, Michael McKean, sure. who is the butler, turns uh-huh. out to be an FBI agent, sure. throws a gun, saves the day. Ah, so there you go. Nonetheless, I would heartily and thoroughly and unreservedly recommend this film. I think it's a fantastic piece of work. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I've watched it a great many times already. Um, these I'm are, just these are, having a bad week. These are all I films also that, sober. Yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, these are all films that I really have enjoyed, and maybe if you know quite the sensibilities that I've got, then it's, it's maybe another way. But nevertheless, I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend checking it out. I'm still to I would check say it's out better than Mrs. Brown's Boys. Still to check out Lost Skeleton and the Cadaver, which I believe... Have I'm, you seen the other ones? I believe the other ones are uh, kind of closer to the Ray Harryhausen type. Like see, the, that, that the screaming nice. forehead one that you were saying about, I think it's kind of in the yeah, Ray Harry's. Yeah, uh, Trail of the yeah. Forehead. Or so I'm really looking forward to checking out more of Larry Blamire's stuff, because I really enjoyed this. Um, and it was great to see James Caron from Polter, uh, Poltergeist uh, doing some, some great stuff. I, I would like to see this on a stage. Yeah, man, absolutely. With a cast, absolutely. selling it properly. So, cool. So we'll agree to disagree. Yeah, um, the the premiere of this uh, was played off of a DVD. Is that right? Yep, and apparently it kept freezing every two minutes. Oh man! There were something like twelve people there. Apparently it was a bad conflict conflict because uh, San Diego Comic Con was on uh-huh. that weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So most people weren't back from Comic Con. Absolutely, but well, it that's did. the thing. Low budget filmmaking. These are the problems that you face. But it played that. at a festival uh-huh. where more people had turned up, yeah. and they said, "Oh, we used the Blu-ray version, uh-huh. and it was fine, and it got a lot of laughs." So maybe exactly. it's it's another one that's uh, more social. Sure. So maybe you just get more voices in your head than I do. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that. I think that's that. Anyway, so we'll be back after this to discuss our main feature of the week, which is sightseers, which I also hated. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the shin 
Schindler's List of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avengers. The New Favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Okay, so <laughs> Drunken Roscoe is in charge of the recording. Oh, I should set the timer uh-huh. so that it can beep and you can it's say my that birthday, you're... so I'm allowed to have a wee drink. Okay. <laughs> Go, Roscoe, it's your birthday. Roll Go on a party like it's still Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> no, see, it's still Thursday. still Thursday. That was fucking because your birthday was Thursday. It's good work. Um, yeah. So in the, in the break, we were uh, watching... We're watching the trailer for House of the Wolfman. House of the Wolfman, which is uh, a film that is it meant to be funny? I don't no. know. Could, could I think it's supposed to be terrible. No, I mean, like, is the intention to be like no. also kind of? I think the intention is to make a kind of House of the House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein type. It, well, it looked huh? fucking awesome. Yes. It really looked. It really does. It looked like you were watching a trailer for a film from the nineteen forties. Yep. And like I think if you if you watched the trailer for that and then the trailer for Dark and Stormy Night, uh-huh. you would go, ah, that's that's what uh-huh. Gil means. That's but nonetheless. Because um, you forget, I was brought up in nineteen forties horror films because yes. I'm pure fucking old. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I remember when we House of the Wolfman has received very very poor reviews, but I really wanted to see it. Um, I was at school before we had four television channels. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's not even a lie. (laughs) So, (laughs) our next film is quite uh, quite ironic that we're we're discussing Sightseers next. Because Dark Place has been mentioned several times tonight. No, no, only that, but um, Sightseers was developed in a kind of improvisational um, fashion. Um, You've watched the making of Dr. Yeah, that, that I have not been able to see. Yeah, I watched the, <laughs> the making of uh, this film. You should have brought that round. Yeah, I know, I know, I totally should have. I pers- this is going to sound really fucking random, but I actually, I was at, you know how I said that I went to the shop? Yes. When I was in the shop, I persuaded a man who was staying in the DVD aisle to buy the last copy of Sightseers. Oh, cool, cool. And then went, oh, fuck, I could have bought that. Yep. Well, if I buy the Sainsbury's 2 DVD edition... There's um, a 2 DVD edition? Yeah, there is. I'm getting that exclusive one. Exclusive to Sainsbury's. Uh, no, that's alright, I'll get that one. across the road. Oh, alright. I'm getting that tomorrow. Uh, well, you can give me a wee Extra extras, I'll get a wee copy yeah, of the extra extras. That's good of you, thanks, uh, I'm pretty sure that they won't mind. Yes, so that's... Because uh, uh, Alice Lowe and uh, What's-His-Face are massive S- listeners. Steve Orham. Steve Orham, yep. Uh-huh. Lots of people that listen to this will probably have never really heard of either of them, but they've both appeared in lots and lots of comedy mm-hmm. and comedy dramas and stuff like that yeah. in this country for years and years. They're they're like 
I know that person. Uh -huh. Where do I know them from? And it's the two of them that wrote Sightseers mm -hmm. together. Yep. In this improvisational cell. So would you like to do your birthday synopsis? Yeah, so um uh, no, you you're probably better. At no, you do it. No, on you go. It's your birthday. <laughs> also, you can make me do all of them. You snob size. Come on, you're no. really good at it. You're really good at it. Right, so, I'll I'll do one line, then you do the next. Okay. Right. So we have Alice, Chris, and Tina. Sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's I'll, I'll drinking, no, you. Uh -huh. I've been drinking as well. <laughs> right. So. Okay. We, we have Chris and Tina. Mm -hmm. um, Tina is. Uh, You're just not gonna do this at all. Are you? Just no. <laughs> like, Tina right. is right, so a mid thirties girl who still lives, lives with her mum. Lives with her parents. Or no, with just her, her mum. With her mother. She's not really seen much of the world, and she's fallen in love with a guy called Chris. Yeah, and she doesn't have a great relationship with her mother uh -huh. as well. Her mother's quite overbearing. Her name's Carol. Um, yeah. Tina's a very she's a very homely girl. Really, is like you can tell that she's she's lived in that house her entire life. Yep. She's she's not she's not been out and lived much or anything. Yeah. So she so the 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 whole point of the story is that Chris is going to show her him his world. His world. Oh. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I love. So seriously, like the, the start of the film, you've got them just kind of doing their reorganisation thing, and you can, you get a wee glimpse of the two of them are properly in love. Yep. And, as they're getting into the car, with his caravan in the back. <laughs> yep. Carl. Tina, Tina yep. says something to her mum because her mum's always scowling at uh -huh. her like it was a mistake uh -huh. and Carol's just yep, like uh, so were you yeah so um, the, I, <laughs> think, I think the dog yeah. had died last year yeah and Poppy we'll get one to Poppy so, but, so her mother was going to murder her but then Tina turned around to Chris and said show me your world to the, the just the most beautiful response ever Let's start with Christ's Tram Museum, <laughs> which is uh, yep. in uh, Derbyshire. Is it Crouch? Crouch? Oh, so it's Crouch. Crouch. Or Crouch. Okay. Or maybe, maybe Crouch. Crouch. Crouch Tram Museum. Sure. Which uh, some people will have remembered I've mentioned John Shuttleworth ah, several sure. times on this. Uh -huh. He has a song all about being stung by a wasp. At the Craig Tram Museum. Oh wow! So there you go. With his friend named Ian. There we go. So, yeah. A vicious Jasper, which is a apparently uh -huh. local terminology for wasp, made him drop his dandelion and bird duck. That's great. Which is a, a very strange drink that we have in this country, yep. made from root vegetables How? and flowers that yeah. dogs pee on. So I mean, this was very much of an incredibly British film. It's as a as it is actually so British that people in Britain watch it going I didn't know there was a pencil museum exactly exactly really like, I was aware of Craig Tram Museum and Blue John Cavern uh -huh. which are both destinations on uh -huh. their trip just 
down to John and Shuttleworth. Mother Seaton's cave I was aware of as well, so I, I knew that from time when I was in Whitby. Um, that was one of the... Whitby, uh, when, when you first came to this country in your coffin. <laughs> Aboard the Demeter, yes, I remember yeah. it well. <laughs> yep. That's the first time anybody's thought of you and associated you with a meter. <laughs> oh, you cheeky man. <laughs> so yeah, so um, this, as you said, was, was written by Alice Lohman and Steve Orham. Um, it was actually written as a live performance originally, and they performed it live. Oh, that would have um, been amazing to watch. So it's it's just funny that you were mentioning you the previous Is there film. footage of that on the, the Sainsbury's disc? I believe there is. Yes! And on the Sainsbury's disc, I also believe that it, it also became a, a short film before this was actually made, uh, before it became a, a feature-length film. I actually went through five years of production. Um, Do you want to go to Sainsbury's? Yeah. <laughs> it it's still open for an hour and seven minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking going like, Sainsbury's is just <laughs> over there. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I would choose. I don't know if that's on the disc, but... Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I originally started it as a live performance of, the, of those two just improvising. Well, upstairs in a pub. Of those just improvising, those pair just improvising, and then it... I love your new move. Pshht! It's just like, you, you just wave your hand uh-huh. just across your throat, going like, shut up, girl. Uh-huh. Every time you do that, I'm going to belch. So it became a, a short film at that point. Um, and I think this was around 2008 it was originally commissioned um, so it was through quite a, a hefty development process but we're basically following these quite... quite was bri- it film 4? I don't know about that. Sorry, I've, I'm just trying to do silly voices now. I think it may have been because in the advertisement, in the, the adverts prior to the film coming on it was Four Lions um, Which was film 4. Yeah, yeah which was film 4. The and a couple of other classic. older Older film, four films that were advertised. Dead Man's Shoes. I think it. I don't remember what ones it was actually, but uh, film Four Lines was certainly one of them. Um, but yeah, so the 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 thing that that qualifies this as a horror film is that um, while they're visiting these very mundane, very British destinations like the Pencil Museum, <laughs> the Tram Museum, and so on, we discover that Chris is actually a serial killer. Um, who is justifying all of these actions in very, very random ways. Very like, beautiful ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can almost agree with them on... Like, actually, the <laughs> thing is, you can <laughs> just go, yeah, fuck it. If if you could send a serial killer after anybody in that caravan park, oh, yeah. then... Yeah, that, that guy. I know a few people like the guy. Yeah, the like dog, Ian and right? Joyce, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah I do. Um. <laughs> and people that just randomly drop litter really annoys me as yeah. well. But I, I don't even think that it's all the. Because there's, there's a few killings in this film. Uh huh. But I think the main beauty of it is all the. Not even. I was going to say dialogue there, but it's. It's more than just the dialogue, it's the interactions between yep. the two of them, spoken and uh-huh. unspoken. These two people just completely embody these yep. fucking superb characters yep. that you can't imagine just existing in real life. Yeah. 
It's, so it's quite interesting that the making of that's that's on the disc that you bought me and um, it's it's the red. No, there was a two disc one. Yeah, bought you that no, it's now, cool, man. Um, it's it's. I'm ben, not swapping you though. It's um, Ben Wheatley uh, who directed Kill yeah. List, um, which I've not actually seen yet. Um, oh, and this is also uh, produced by Edgar Wright. That's right. That's right. Um, ben Wheatley, the way that he directed it's quite interesting. They started off by filming the the scenes as scripted. And then and went, then went back take and let, let people improvise. Um, so they started off the table read involved quite a lot of improvisation to start with, yeah. um, and almost uh, having somebody interviewing the characters. So yeah. uh, Carol was at, was being interviewed about. Uh, <laughs> Every, was, every time you say Carol, I uh-huh. just imagine her lying at the bottom of the stairs. Yes, yeah, so and that was that pressing. Was a, Pressing the, the like the the pensioner help button. She kind of flung herself down about three stairs and pretended that she was in. in you, well, you don't even know she yeah. flung herself down any stairs. Any stairs at all. We can't spoil this for you, <laughs> but I I would have to say that that probably the people that listen in America will never have heard of this film. Sure. And well, I mean, I certainly like, Hot Fuzz was a hat in America, and so was yeah, Shaun of the Dead and different things like that. Yeah, but Hot Fuzz played in my local cinema, and this didn't. Uh huh. Sure. You know, even here, because uh-huh. we both wanted to go and see it, it played in Glasgow for mm-hmm. a week, in about two or three cinemas at the most. I'll be honest, I didn't want to go and see this. Did you not? Because... I really I wanted to buy a like DVD, the... and, I, was, <laughs> and I, I marked it on my, my work calendar, that when the DVD, the DVD was coming, was coming out, out um, to buy it, but... Man, fuck your uh, sloppy. Uh-huh. But I know, exactly. <laughs> um, but the reason that I... I didn't go and see it was because I felt it was possibly a wee bit too close to things that actually happened in this country. Like what? Well, two serial killers going around the North England. Ah, I, 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 I didn't know, get that from I know, the trailer. I know, he, I know he definitely didn't get it. If you watched the film, he definitely didn't get that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not. But the trailer possibly it was a wee bit too close to home, and that was why myself and my my, my partner felt at that stage that we didn't really... See, that, that's quite interesting because there were a lot of people that had that reservation about like your really relationship did. for Lions. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of sure. people had this kind of, well, we've had terrorist mm-hmm. attacks in this country and making making a comedy film uh-huh. about uh, I just felt it was a wee bit too close to home England. with it. Yeah, yeah. I went to see the first performance that I possibly could of Four Lions, which was 11 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. on the Friday at the Cineworld uh-huh. with uh, Johnny Monolith and uh-huh. a guy called Guy. One person walked out mm-hmm. and when we were in there it was it was really weird that uh, everybody that turned up for that, like basically we were all just sitting in a... 99% uh-huh. white audience. Sure. And then Anne hadn't seen Four Lions, uh-huh. and I really wanted to take to see Four Lions, and found out that, like, three and a half weeks later, it was going to be finishing. Mm-hmm. So, said, right, I'm going to take you to see Four Lions. Uh-huh. And we went to The Key, uh-huh. an entirely different cinema. Sure. And it was one of these films that kind of spread by word of mouth. Yeah. We were sitting in like a ninety-five percent Asian audience. Sure. And it was the interesting thing was that the laughs came in different places mm-hmm. because it's a multilingual 
yeah, film. As, uh -huh. And some of the bits where the Asian audience were laughing uh -huh. weren't quite where the comedy beats for the subtitles great, great. were. Uh -huh, sure, so right. it was it was really really interesting great. to be sitting there and it, it was like a whole like proper like family night uh -huh. out. There was like three generations yeah. of families uh -huh. sitting there. All just laughing hysterically. At so I think film. that's the, the that's the the great thing about Chris Morris is that he is able to do something like that as legitimately yeah. as as that. He did a lot of research into that. Absolutely, and, and I'm not saying that they they was had to do any research for this film, of course. Um, but I'm, I I don't want to come across as some kind of conservative as a result of that. But I mean, <laughs> no, but you can no, understand my reservation. No, I, that. I, it's, it's, it's not that. Uh, exactly around about the time when we had. Like Raul Moat and all that nonsense. I was more. Th it's just the the Henley Henley Brady thing was a bit too close. That was a lot longer before. I know, but I'm just I'm just saying that it's kind of it's, it's very it seemed two very mundane people falling in love and then going in on a killing spree. It seemed very took very close to home. Um, but when you so, watch the film, that yeah, it's that nothing is, like that. that it's nothing like that whatsoever. Um, so no, it's, uh, I think this is quite possibly the best serial killer film I've ever seen. It's a f it was a fantastic film actually, yeah. Gal, and it's um, no, it's <laughs> great fun and uh, report that to the National Trust, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, it's like you you don't expect if you've been watching a serial killer film where mm -hmm. he has like dirty Harry lines. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. just these, so, I mean, on just the front, these beautiful yep. lines that end every killing. On the front cover of the that were so mundane. Yeah, the front cover that you got me uh, has got uh, Steve Oram with a badge that says, uh, "What is it? A camping man is a happy man, or a ca caravan driving man is a happy yep. man, or something like that." Um, and we've got the. I was going to say that. There's the, the mint me scene which I love. So it's just <laughs> she says mint me and then waits for her mouth open and then they have this kind of roadside sex scene and then it cuts to her writing a letter to her mum. Dear mum, I'm not coming home. Yorkshire is not like you said at all. People can smile. They do have my and pasta they, sauce. And they do sell my pasta sauce. The caravan bed is quite short, but Chris is a sensitive it's love, lover. Which I thought was brilliant. Um And also the, the fantastic like just just shortly after that, this isn't just a sexual erotic odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so there are two sort of down to earth characters. Yeah. But I love the fact she's got uh, crocheted underwear. Yep. But with the split, split crotch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, just a it's a film that everybody needs to watch because uh, after the Bedacious Horror Movie Night, which was a lot of fun, totally forgot to mention that. That was uh, that was really good. Thanks a lot to all the people that turned up and didn't keep pressing pause. Apart <laughs> pressing pause? Uh, because it was... We had to downgrade onto a, a less better oh, <laughs> website. Right. Uh -huh. uh, if, if I pressed pause to go and have a piss, uh -huh. It would pause for everybody. Oh no! And if anybody else pressed pause, it would pause for everybody. Oh no! And there was a bit where there was, there were some trolls, but fortunately, uh -huh. the choice of movies was so strong that even the trolls would go like, ah, oh, three minutes later, I will, uh, I'll actually just watch this fucking film. Yeah. Also showed uh, Astron Sixes. Uh, 
Laser Ghost 2. Oh, fantastic! Just wow. in the intro bit because I just felt like watching it. Yeah. Just having a couple of drinks. Laser Ghost. Had a friend out around. And, but after after we finished. See you later. <laughs> yep. See, you didn't need these green lasers. You had all you needed in these green lasers. <laughs> With great laser comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yep, absolutely. And cancer. Don't forget <laughs> the cancer. <laughs> but yeah, we watched that as well. But immediately after the Bodacious Horror Movie Night, stuck on Sightseers and probably annoyed all the neighbours by laughing so much at it, even though yeah. that was the third time that I had watched it. Yeah, it's such a strong film and it is. Yeah. It's very funny and there's a lot of one-liners. Um, what <laughs> really good stuff in there and the film's one long one line. I wanted to ask you, did you think there was a homosexual subplot? I might have been the only person <laughs> with the carapod. Uh huh. Uh, no, I I thought that there was good good with his hands uh-huh. subplot. Right. Okay. I thought it okay. was it was that kind right. of you know because. This man has essentially designed a new type of caravan. Uh-huh. A caravan nobody's ever seen. Uh-huh. And of course, he has a caravan. Uh-huh. So he's like, oh, I like that caravan. But uh, there, there may have been. I like the fact that uh, there was a scene of uh, him sleeping next to a dog yep. in the caravan. See, I wasn't sure because I, I was thinking that there was there was a scene where uh, Chris went for a shower um, and at night time. Oh, yeah. But that could have easily been that he was feeling unclean but as a result of her killing somebody. Um, Shh. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Too sorry. Many spoilers. Somebody um, dies at some point and then after yeah. that somebody has a shower. But Get over sure, it, internet. I wasn't sure if that was actually... Because it, it seemed like... I don't know. Uh, that, was, that was my... I wasn't no, because sure. I, I think the... The way things. But you must have. You must have at least thought that a wee bit because you didn't doubt that you knew exactly what that was talking about. The canopy part. Yeah, but that's probably because I didn't have that many interactions with sure. all the male characters. That's okay. That's no, that's cool. That's cool. I just like the. <laughs> I just love the carpod with sliding. Exactly. Sliding he's, he's still <laughs> the camera, and it's where you shagging Janice. No, don't. You, you can't. Give away every <laughs> fucking hilarious line. Okay, I'm sorry. You, I'm you can't, sorry. because the thing that okay. I love about this film is that it will say on the cover, laugh out loud funny. Yep. That never usually means laugh out loud funny. But it does. In this but this actually yeah, is. Like, if I had been taking a drink of water or any other such liquid, be it beer or cider mm. or horse semen, during the the knitting needle scene, <laughs> yes. then my entire front room yeah. would still it's be covered good. in water, lager, cider, or horse semen. Gil, I've been very naughty. I well, think you should punish me. You drank horse semen with your cock. <laughs> what? have you done? <laughs> That's all I mean. Oh yeah, I think shit. You punish me. I was getting worried with your there. Cock. Yeah. Anyway. This is not a picture of my vagina! <laughs> That's right. This is not my vagina! <laughs> That's great. But, yeah, yeah. I, I think everybody should just watch this film and a lot of the random funny lines that we spit out will not be funny when people listen to this. 
Yeah. And we were waiting for you because we know where those lines come in the film. Okay. But since people don't know where those lines come in the film, uh-huh. then, Fair point. then they will still probably find them really funny. You should totally see this film. Yeah. It's I, so I, good. I actually said to the guy, this is probably one of the funniest horror films that you will see this yeah, year. Yeah, it's very, very good. And he was... Cause he and Jason was, was quite excited about this. Jason Lloyd at Horrorphilia was actually quite excited about this film as well. So I think this has got quite a buzz in the yeah. States as well. Because it is just fucking beautiful. But uh, it brings us back to uh, your mention of Thomas Dolby. Oh, sure. Okay. Because I think the one of the things that, that really, really sets up the end of this film and how perfect it is is the the fantastic work that was performed by Mr. Trevor Horn from okay. uh-huh. The Buggles. Right, okay. Was the, he did the soundtrack for this? No, he uh, was the producer and the person who basically contracted all the actual musicians who played on Frankie Goes to Hollywood's first album. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that works. So that that, that sequence works very well. That is just stuck and it's it's, a, was, it's a fucking uh-huh. annoyingly timeless song. Uh-huh. And it's it's not the so one that's, that's in Doomsday. So that's which the, is also timeless. Uh-huh. So it's the power of love is used yeah. and also tainted love uh, by Soft Cell is used at the start. Yeah. And then the original by uh, Gloria Gaynor is used. <laughs> It's not Gloria Gaynor. Oh no, sorry, it's, uh, no, it's and, uh, Mark Boland's wife, right? Angie, Angie Berry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angie Berry. Yep. Well, she wasn't his wife, she was just his girlfriend. Ah, oh, right, okay. So but yeah, yeah. The, the original version of uh, Tainted Love yeah. was an, Angie Sorry, Berry. Sorry, mistake. Northern Soul Classic. Yeah, it's a great record. Yep. But yeah, the soundtrack to this is really good as well. Even the... the uh, just do you know who it was that did the incidental stuff? No, because I, really, I, don't, really well. I don't, <laughs> don't have the documentaries or anything. Uh-huh. Seriously, how long since we opened for now? Another 50 minutes. Ben Wheatley turns out very, very well in the documentaries. The, the director, just the way that he's, yeah. as I said, the, the, the majority of it is uh, improvised based around the script. Um, so yeah, uh, highly recommended film. If you can get it to massively that. recommended, yeah, absolutely. And I thought this would be really like one of these making of short episodes again, but we've had so much to say about all these films. Yeah, thirty-five minute uh, making of, and I don't know about the two disc. What's on that? So we could find out pretty soon. Yeah, I'm sure we could. I, I say what so we do is like we go away, have an ad break, come back, say goodbye to everybody, tell them all to fuck off, and then go to Sainsbury's. Okay, um, so we'll be back. And when uh, we go to Sainsbury's, I'll set the oven on, have some pizza, and we'll yeah, be back. I'll drive. <laughs> okay. I say every house in America should have an electric chair. And every man just once in his life should sit in it. Just so that he can feel the power of millions of gallons of electricity flow through his veins. I got an electric chair, that's all I need. You get an electric chair, Sheldon, you don't have to worry about the audience. You get an electric chair, you can tell them anything you want long as it's real. You get yourself an electric chair and it'll sit there all night long. Kind of a funny idea sitting in an electric chair and doing a show. Well, think of the therapeutic value of an electric chair and all the money you have. Yes, sir. An electric chair in a free home. The Electric Chair. A show about horror. 
electricchairshow.com. Electric chair. Wow. Okay, I'm recording. <laughs> Just we never recorded that last bit. That was horrible stuff that you were saying about that person there with the the thing and the what's yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Um. So all that remains is for us to say thank you. Friend. Yeah. All that remains. No. You don't want to talk about Evil Dead? Oh yeah, Evil Dead, absolutely. Um, our dear friends uh, uh, develop a podcast that have recorded a very interesting review of uh, the Evil Dead. They've seen an advanced screening. Uh, so that's Bo and uh, Jamie have both seen an advanced screening. And um, poor David hasn't, because he's been too busy David working. hasn't, he's been working 9 to 5, what way to make a living. Yep. Um, <laughs> Barely getting by, it's all taken and no giving. Um, so he's not had a chance to see. He's been cutting Barbies in two. That's correct. He's been Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Um, so if you subscribe to Develop Podcast just now, there's a bonus episode available where they discuss the Evil Dead and they're broadly positive about the film. Um, it's very. But there's also a spot, there's also one with spoilers. Oh, so, is that right? Well, I'm, I'm the one sure that I listened, the one that I listened to was completely spoiler-free. I'm sure that I read something about there being a spoiler-free one. Sure. And then there's one that will have spoilers. So this is uh, very enjoyable. So, so I would, I would encourage, sure. you, encourage you. David's conscientious, so he will have tagged it correctly. He is incredibly conscientious. Yeah, he's more conscientious than us. Yeah, absolutely. Frodo um, dies at the end. No. <laughs> So I encourage you to get us and that. If you search for search iTunes for develop podcast, you will find it. I just realised Frodo dies at the end could be a spoiler to more than one film, depending on what your Mod definition of film. Frodo is. Yeah, absolutely. Let me get you know, uh, Taggart, the Scottish detective. Mm-hmm. Like if he was in Lord of the Rings. I know. What chaos it's that would bring. Mother. Murder! <laughs> so that's just how he always used to say murder. Of course, uh, even Scottish listeners that are aware of Taggart might not even know that reference because. Oh, yeah, he, because he, Taggart's he, been on for so long now with it. Taggart's been on for so long, as far as some people are concerned, uh-huh. but I, I just think, why are they still showing Taggart when yeah, Taggart died no like fucking 20 years ago? It's a pretty stupid idea. Um, yeah, it would be like murder she wrote with a guy in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how daft it seems to me. Yep, um, 100 Years of Horror still going strong. Um, the last one I listened to was uh, The Undying Monster. Um, and that also, was in that. Jacuz, uh, which is Jacuz. Uh, Jacuz. Um, uh, as we discussed, real, real life horror. The Jacuz ones. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's a different guy. Was it? We don't mention him in this podcast. <laughs> Except with a respectful uh, air of dignity. A tip of the hat and a nod, <laughs> and a nod of a, a wink. T- a, t- a tip of our flat caps too. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this has been Gavin Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. And I'm a working class zero. Yep, yep, yep. We've got no idea what we're covering next week, do we? We've got no, no idea. We'll do Shark Week. Shark Week would be quite good. Yeah, I, I'd absolutely. have to... Burn you, off a copy of, uh, burn you off a copy of the Jaws. Yeah. 
Um, so thank you once again for listening. It's been 30 episodes. I can barely believe it myself, uh, to be honest. Happy birthday to us. So Happy birthday to us. just want to thank everybody for listening and for supporting us. Both. And a whole lot of people have left us Amazon review, uh, reviews on iTunes and we really do appreciate it. Um, and especially to, to our pod pals that have spread the spread the good word uh, about Gillen Roscoe's Pedacious Horror Podcast. And um, to Bill O'Bears Jr., we will have you on soon. Just uh, soon, my brother. Let soon. us let us know when you're free, and yeah. we will fucking we will work around your schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, so we've been putting that off for ages. Haven't yeah, we? absolutely. We've been putting that off since like episode two. <laughs> we've been putting it off. It's just uh, we want a copy. We're of We're a bit intimidated children in case he tries to give us a lollipop. Yeah, <laughs> but we do really want to see children of sorrow. Really do. Um, yeah, and to and the fetish set as well. Yeah, film that he's just uh, finished. What great work that he's been doing. Um, and congratulations again on on the several awards that he's uh-huh. he's earned over the past few weeks. But we want he's to maybe th- too highfalutin for us. To, yep. Like, but as well as that, we want to thank the listeners and um, everybody that's been listening and that's kept us kept us going. Because it, if it wasn't for people coming back to us and saying that they've enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> Roscoe would have stopped. <laughs> I would have stopped. You'd have kept going. I'd still sit on my You'd keep going. You know, because I still have the account details and like yeah. one upload a week. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be fine. So I actually met Alistair and Carl, um, but they listeners last yeah. night, so that was quite quite good. Um, again? Yeah, last night I saw them, so that was quite good. Um, Pretty soon I'm going to be getting replaced. <laughs> This is Alistair and Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> As Kurt Cobain would have said, I'll be in the shed. Ah, fuck off. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I uh, like to thank you, uh, the listener, because without you, our dreams <laughs> just won't come true and Gil will not uh, star in the Invisible Hospital. Yep. <laughs> and if there's any radio stations that have really low standards... <laughs> yeah, tonight's not the best night for putting themselves to be some steaming and it's nearly <laughs> Christmas. any television stations with oh, no God. standards. So thank you very much for listening and good evening. Welcome to the Invisible Hospital. Prognosis negative.
I guess it may be the hair thing or what, I'm not sure, but you know, we, we kind of click. We are cut from the same paisley cloth, my friend. He's a rocker. I know he can <laughs> Ronnie and I are pretty good friends. You know, we were cellies back in prison. I think Ronnie's kind of an asshole. He's a, he's a party animal. Perfect, you know that. <sighs> and you know something, God, when all the little babies come down the ramp, he stamps the ones that are, are his precious little special babies, and Ronnie's got the, the cleft. Well, as soon as I saw that, that was it.